With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, so we've got Michael Karianis is joining us now live to talk about that. such news. Morning, well, good morning. I was on I was on breakfast with Michael the other day. <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's all right. Good so afternoon. Good no, afternoon. No, you never know. Oh. But we might be saying good morning to him. He might be talking to us from Europe. I hope so. I hope not. I'm going to do breakfast again tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so up fine. How are we, fellas? Yeah, yeah good. Thanks, good, Michael. Good. How are you? Uh, breaking news at the West Tigers. Talk to me. Yeah, so Scott Fulton, the head of recruitment, was told today that his position um, is no longer uh, there. He's been made redundant. um, And that's part of the the massive change that has happened at the West Tigers in in the last couple of months. Obviously, before Christmas, we saw Lee Hadjipentel as the chairman and the majority of the board gone. Justin Pascoe, the chief executive, gone. And uh, this is just another uh, step towards... Um, all these changes that have, that have been occurring at the West Tigers over the last couple of months. So, Michael, for the non-rugby league fanatic, and there's a lot of people that are listening that are not, they love their rugby league, but they're not fanatics. Can you explain how this is all occurring? Like, how is it? Like, a, a lot of the questions I get asked from my football friends is, oh, I listened to the other day on SCN and I heard about the West Tigers. So, how is these people allowed to come in from the outside and sack the people that are already there? So, can you explain, like, you know, is, is, is it a privately owned club or the NRL? Explain the like, yeah, what's going on. There, there is an ownership of, of the West Tigers, and the majority of shareholders, the Holman Barnes Group, which is in turn West Ashfield, and they made the decision after undertaking a, a review during during the season that things needed to change, and, and the massive part of the change was a a shake-up of the board, which saw, obviously, Lee Hadjim Patel is going, Barry O'Farrell, the former New South Wales Premier. Its chairman, once again, he had a short stint in charge of the West Tigers a couple of years ago, but he's back. And Justin Passer, the long-serving chief executive, was replaced by Shane Richardson. And yep. um, that's part of a, a massive shake-up that lays to, you know, bears fruit again today. So who's the owners again, Michael, did you say? The Holman's Barnes Group. So they're Holman Barnes the Group. The West At- Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The West Ash uh, own the West Tigers, essentially. I have the majority shake of, stake of the West Tigers. Right, okay. Yeah, so there it's a go. leagues club in, uh, well, in Ashfield. In Ashfield, um, yeah. In Ashfield. Yeah, MC, yeah, they, so, got a few, they got a few premises, but yeah. Ashfield. So so Fulton's been sacked as recruitment manager. Does that mean that he potentially wasn't the driving force behind bringing Jerome Luai to the club? Because surely you don't get this huge marquee signing and then get sacked the next day. Oh, I think um, the, the Jerome Luai negotiations were, were started under the old regime. 
right. and continued on. But Benji Marshall was the driver. Okay. There's no doubt. And Benji Marshall obviously was part of the, you know, affiliated with the old regime and, and remains in the charge as head coach. So the discussions were well advanced. And then Shane Richardson closed the deal along with Benji Marshall, uh, you know, last week. And there was talk that yeah. Benji Marshall and Scott Fulton went on talking terms at times. Did they bury the hatchet or is this just this feud continued and this this is the the new administration backing Benji over Fulton? Yeah, you can read into it what you like, Miss Albert. <laughs> okay. Take it take, take it as read. If Benji Marshall was a fan of Scott Fulton, Scott Fulton would still be in a job right now. Oh, I thought so. I was gonna I was gonna say it's it, it's a very Look, in our game, we've gone through several changes, but I could not imagine someone like, uh, say, Ron Atkinson, Sir Alex Ferguson, having what they call in our sport a, a football director. They Whereas a lot like, of people, yeah, yeah because they would, it, it, they would feel as though it was undermining them. So yeah. I was going to ask Michael at the start of that, you know, in terms of Scott Fulton, like, what does a player recruiter do? Is it more for juniors? But obviously it's not. The only thing I, I, would, I would suggest, and look, I can understand that from both, look, because a lot of clubs in our sport, turn around and say, look, listen, we just want you as a manager, i.e. coach, to coach. Go and worry about that, yeah? And we've got a football director who you want to talk. Those two people, if you have them, they have to get on like a house on fire because if yeah. not, you're going to have absolute issues. Whereas other other organisations are happy for the manager, stroke coach, to do everything, to do the recruiting. But look, the bottom line is this, is that you know majority of football clubs will say, like especially the big ones, uh, I want a new center back. Here's my five choices. Here's one, two, three. And you go and speak to those five because you want to get the best price for yourself. Some things might be possible. Some things might be not. Um, but if you're going to coach that player, you've got to be, just like Michael said, so Benji's been a, you know, the, the big sort of mover and shaker with this Jerome Luai. I'm sure that would have played a massive part along with the money in recruiting Jerome Luai. Yeah. So I reckon it's basically sort of come and say, do we really need this if this is what our coach is going to do? I would have thought you would have needed it more for the juniors, Michael, mm. rather than the senior player, you know, to go, you know, go and get the best junior. This, there's, you know, there's a guy called, uh, you know, James Magnuson. He's only 15. He's playing out in Penrith. Go and see his parents. And that make sure he signs for us when he when he's able to. I'm sure he would have been in control of that as well, wouldn't he, MC? Yeah, the, a lot of clubs do have a head of recruitment. It just depends on the makeup of their structure. Shane Richardson's a real footy orientated chief executive, and he's got lots of experience um, in terms of running clubs and setting up uh, player pathways and roster development and stuff. So they don't actually need that sort of position under okay. Shane Richardson. Oh, but yeah. some other CEOs have a better business acumen or, or, or largely a business acumen. So they need someone in there to, to be that overseer to ensure that the salary cap doesn't get out of whack. So, you know, if the coach is gone next year, that in three, four, five years' time, the club isn't paying for the sins of the past. So yeah. a lot of clubs do have it. It's, not, it's pretty common now in rugby league. What's next for Scott Fulton? He's had two rather tumultuous ends to his last two contracts of employment. Um, mm. is, does that spell the end for him in an NRL sense? Well, you touched on it. He had a, a messy split from, from Manly yeah. as well. But one thing with Scott is um, he's identified a lot of good talent. You look at that that Manly side and he's had a hand in recruiting a lot of those. Mm. Um, you look at the West Tigers, um, Sam Yellow and Latu Fainu. Um, a lot of clubs were in for him, and if it wasn't for Scott Fulton's influence, they don't end up at the West Tigers. Yeah. Time will tell if they've been good recruits or not. But what does it mean does for those have... players that he brought to the West Tigers then? Well, that's an interesting one, Miss Oliver. You know, he, he signed Jaden Sullivan, he signed Farnu, uh, two young halves on four-year deals on on you know half a million dollars plus a year, and then they go and sign Jerome Luai. Mm. So. 
you know, what does it mean for them? I think there'll be a shootout over the next couple of months to see who partners Jerome Lua. And I think for the other one, well, they might be out the door. Mm. In terms of Scott Fulton as well, like sometimes, you know, like I said to you, uh, you know, sometimes if you learn from your mistakes, it makes you better for your next job. He's obviously got a yeah. lot of experience in that as well. But I just think it's a case of, you know, does the current manager, I believe, I'm a great believer that the manager, when I say manager, I mean the head coach, coach. Yeah, yeah. is basically, with the exception of the CEO and, and the chairman, is is the sort of like, is the main man because it's his name and his job that's really ultimately on the line. Yeah, big time, uh, In right. terms of, you know, what does that mean going forward as well? This is why I believe that all sports in Australia, not just rugby league, have got to bring back transfer fees. Because if you've got an unhappy player that, that you just spoke about those two halves that Scott Fulton has signed mm. and you've got Jerome Luai come in. So if you've got one of them who's un- unhappy, but he's still got two years left of his contract, why can't the West Tigers turn around and say, listen, your chances are going to be limited here, but we've had an offer from Parramatta for, for you to come in. We've accepted their offer. It's up to you now to go to talk to the club. He still doesn't have to go, yeah. but it's still an extra form of revenue if he does want to go. And Parramatta pay... Parramatta would pay West Tigers say six hundred thousand, and yep. he would do his own deal, you know, s- subject to obviously yeah, passing gotcha. a medical and so forth. Yeah. What That's, do you think yeah. of that, MC? It, it does happen on a very, very small scale. A very small scale. So, say if you wanted, you know, it happens at the junior level uh, for players that are, uh, are developed, and, and then they get sort of pinched. But that's obviously not a lot of money. And then at the top level as well, we've seen very few occasions in the past where. You know, a player wants out of a out of a deal, and the club's like, "Well, you know, we're not going to let you go unless we get a player or financial settlement." Mm. But it's very, very few and far between, and you know, we're not talking massive amounts of money. No, but you started off somewhere, so you might even yeah. started off at a hundred thousand. There was this, this, you know, the incident with the guy at the Dragons. What's his name? Um, Ben Hunt. Yeah, Ben Hunt. Yeah, so that's a great example. He wants yeah. to leave. Okay. Yeah. You got a year and a half left in your contract, buddy. You did sign the contract. No one's put a gun to here to sign of a contract. Mm. You got a year and a half left. We'd like you to stay, but let's see if we can come to an arrangement. If wherever you want to go, if they're willing to pay money now, they can have you now. If not, the next year and a half, it's going to be difficult because we know that you want you to leave now. It would just, it would just restore a lot of balance to the to the player stroke club situation because that's what you want. You don't want a player to be denied opportunities, but you also don't want the club. To be hoodwinked, and just because all of a sudden somebody wakes up one morning and says, "You know, I want to go back and live here. I want to go," back. they they shouldn't have to be sort of punished for that either if they've done everything right by the player. Yeah, just one other question for you, MC. While we've got you, um, the Broncos announced that they're looking at putting Selwyn Cobo to left centre next year, which opens up Ooh. a wing position. I was thinking it was going to be Dean Mariner who got that centre position, but is there any early word on who's got the running for that wing position out of Corey Oates and, and Dean Mariner? Yeah, I, I'm with you, Miss. I thought it was going to be Dean Mariner who, who was going to start um, to replace Herbie Farnworth. But uh, Kevy threw a curveball yesterday and said, no, Selwyn Cobbo will, will get first crack. And, you know, Cobbo is such an exciting young player as well. So it's been good to see him get his hands on the ball a little bit more. It can be wasted on, on the wing at times. But, no, I think it'll be a shootout now between the rising star, Dean Mariner, who we've heard lots about the last couple of years and, the veteran Corey Oates, who found his way out of the side. Kevy also said Jesse, Jesse Arthurs will, will keep one wing spot. So showdown between two guys at either end of their careers. Mm. There, there you go. go. All right. Thanks for giving us the scoop, MC. Thanks, uh, Michael. Get some sleep because you'll be up with, well, I imagine the alarm will have a four in front of it somewhere. Why? 
it's definitely got to fall. It's got to fall, unfortunately, but we'll see how we go. Oh, come on, buddy. Come on. Actually, forget about sleep. You just come straight in. (laughs) (laughs) That's the buzz away. I'm I'm listening. When's he on? When's he on? When's he on? Tomorrow morning, breakfast. (laughs) What time? From what time? 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'm up. I'm up, buddy. I won't even ring in. I'll tell you what, if you're not onto it, Mike... I'm ringing in. So I'll be on. I'll be on. Oh, you we'll see. Anyway. I'm going to hit you with everyone. I'm going to come from everyone. I'm going to be like Mike Tyson in the late 80s. <laughs> All right. Thanks, MC. All right. Enjoy the early wake Thanks, up. Thanks, MC. Thank you. Bye.